This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, everybody, let's get started this morning. Thank you for being here, and I concur with Pastor Manny. Uh, what a great job he did today in just blessing all of you with a great, great school year. And that's what we're praying for. It actually kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm preaching on today. I've been building up all month long to this message. And uh, we're in a series called Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And uh, we started out this series, the very first Sunday, was, was a message that I entitled Unstoppable Unity. Everyone say unity. Now... Since, since that Sunday, since that particular message, uh, our, our world, our nation has, has entered into a very uh, tense conversation taking place from north to south and east to west. Here it is, the first Sunday of August, I preach on the, the power of unity and our world takes a turn. And we have found ourselves for a couple weeks now uh, just trying to figure this whole thing out and walking on eggshells, it seems. But I just want to talk about that real quick before I get to preaching today because I think it's critical that you know where this church is at. I think it's critical that you know where we are as ministry. Uh, I'm talking about the racial divide uh, that's in America right now. And also that, that kind of stems off into crazy political divide. And the truth be known is we're not experiencing anything new, everybody. This is nothing new. Uh, don't be alarmed. Welcome to humanity. Humanity has always had differences. Where we get ourselves in trouble is when our differences bring out the bad in all of us. Because that's what we have within us. We have, we're flesh. Everyone say, I am flesh. And guess what? Our flesh has a tendency to respond in emotional times in a poor fashion. So I just want to tackle this real quick. And then we're going to get right into our message. Uh, Calvary Church has always been and we will always be a house of worship that welcomes anyone and everyone to the foot of the cross. Now, I am as southern as you will ever find. I was born in Mississippi. M I crooked letter, crooked letter, I crooked letter, crooked letter, humpback, humpback. I was born in Mississippi. I was raised in Louisiana. Como se va, boo? I was raised in Louisiana. And I passed to the greatest church in the state of Texas. Hook them horns, go frogs, talk to me, somebody. And how about them cowboys? So I'm as southern as you get, but you cannot mistake your roots for permission to, uh, to respond to current events in a poor way. Are you tracking with me? So let it be known. Let's go on record. Let's make it known. Let's make it public. Say, you can could, you could write it down. You can tweet it. You can, whatever you want to do. This church will always be a house of worship for whosoever will. We embrace all color. We embrace all people. 
uh, and we will not allow ourselves to be issue-driven in this ministry. This ministry is never going to take a sermon on this topic. So for all of you that love issue sermons, you're probably not going to like it here. We preach the gospel. And if you and I will fall in love with Jesus, issues of modern political or, or, or divide, they won't be an issue in your life. All you got to do is fall in love with Jesus. If you'll give your heart to the Lord Jesus and choose to see people as Jesus saw you, you will love all people. Okay, everybody? So, I just say this to you. I just say this to you. Uh, don't, don't, don't ever try to be something you're not. If you're a southerner, you're a southerner, you're a southerner. If you're a northerner, we pray for you. But at the same time, just, just promise me this. Your allegiance is to Jesus, not to where you were born and not to your old earthly heritage. Because when you came to Jesus, you had a new birth experience. And uh, now you're a part of the church of the living God. And we celebrate that today. All right? So let's get started in our message. We started our first week on unstoppable unity. Last week, we, I loved preaching last week on unstoppable influence. God's plan for you. Here it is, everybody. God's plan for you is for you to love people with the love of Jesus and influence them. And when I talk about influence, I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not talking about uh, influencing them as in, as in changing them. No, 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 no. I'm talking about leaving an impression on people that you're different than what you used to be. That's the kind of influence I'm talking about. And then today, I've been building up to this message today, the unstoppable family. And we're in 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer, and I've been asking you to pray, kind of lean into prayer on these topics. Pray for unity in our country, in our families, in our church. Pray for influence. And today, I'm going to give you plenty to pray for, and it's to pray over your family as we're going into a new school season. So I wanted to start off with some funny stuff that I, I, I found. Uh, you can't talk about family without bringing up some some fun stuff about our kiddos. And uh, one Sunday school teacher asked a little boy named Johnny. She said, Johnny, do you ever pray? Do you ever pray over the meal that you're about to eat? And he said, no, never. I don't, well, I don't pray over the food I'm going to eat. And she said, why not? He said, well, my mom's a good cook. I don't have to do that. <laughs> Another little boy was overheard praying. He, had, he was kneeling down. He had his little hands crossed and he was praying. He said, dear Lord Jesus. If you can't make me a better boy, it's okay. I'm having fun just the way I am. <laughs> One Sunday school teacher was asking her class. She was walking her whole class from the little Sunday school class to the adult service. And she said, now, everybody, listen. Why is it important that we be quiet when we get to the adult service? One little girl said, is it because a bunch of people are asleep? She's been to my 9 o'clock service. <laughs> Last one. This is my favorite, everybody. Uh, tell me if this resonates in your home. A mom was preparing pancakes for her two boys. Kevin was five and Ryan was three. And the boys began to fight over who's going to get the first pancake. 
and her, the, the, the boy's mom thought, this is a good teaching opportunity. So uh, the mom said, now listen, boys, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I will wait. Well, the older brother Kevin turned and looked at Ryan and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. <laughs> Anybody raising a Kevin? Yeah. Anybody named Kevin that you feel that? Yeah. All right, everybody, let's get started. We're talking about the unstoppable family. We all have goals. We all have goals. We all have prayer focused on this today. We all have dreams. We're believing God for certain things. But there's one thing I believe down deep in our heart that we're all believing God for. And that is a functional, healthy family. Down deep in all of us, we all want this. If you're to, here today and maybe you're an unbeliever and maybe, maybe you're an unbeliever and you just thought, I, I think I'm going to go check out this thing called Christianity. Even you, you want a healthy family. If you're Republican, you want a healthy family. If you're Democrat, you want a healthy family. If you're, uh, if you're a believer and maybe you were brought to church as just a little, little tot and you've grown up in church, you want a healthy family. We all, down deep, one thing we can all agree on, we may not agree on everything, but this is one that brings us together. We all desire a healthy family. Have you ever noticed in Scripture the dysfunction of family when it first started? God created the first man named Adam. Outside of his ribs, he formed Eve, the Bible says. And it wasn't long until dysfunction showed up. Because they made poor choices and dabbled into sin. And now today we're still reeling as a world because of the sin nature of flesh. Dysfunction. Well then you have Cain and Abel. And we got hot tempered boys. And we were introduced to murder. Dysfunction. It's, 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 it's from the beginning of time. Dysfunctional families. And it still is the case today. God decided, though, at one point that what he was trying to do and what people were trying to do wasn't working. So the Bible tells us something rather interesting that he sent a flood upon the earth. And he just basically kind of wanted to start things over and give men, give women, give a family a chance to become better to become stronger I'll use the word because it's linked to my sermon to become unstoppable to become healthy so he sent this flood upon the earth and and he started everything off with this man by the name of Abram if you would like to turn with me in your Bibles or maybe you have your 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 Bible app on your smart device Genesis 12 Genesis chapter number 12 God decided to have an unstoppable family and he started it all with a man by the name of Abram. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
God promised Abraham that he would have a family that would outnumber the stars in the sky. He promised Abraham that he would have a family that would outnumber the sand on the beaches. What a promise. And it all started with the promise from God to Abram, the promise of an unstoppable family. But as families grow, guess what? So does the multiplication of dysfunction. And all of a sudden, Abram and Sarah have a boy named Isaac. He grows and matures into a young man. And, and uh, he and his partner in life have two boys by the name of Esau and Jacob. Genesis 25 actually refers to them as two nations. And God had to choose then and there. He chose then and there to, to make a selection to continue down this path of an unstoppable family. He placed his hand of favor upon Jacob. He chose him to become the lineage, uh, to become the, the family line, the physical and spiritual line that would bring about the unstoppable family in the future. Now real quick today, I, I want to set us all at ease. Everybody take a real big deep breath and receive this. A healthy family is not a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect family because there's people in it. Every single family that's in this 11 o'clock service and every single family that we're in the 9 o'clock service, we all have a degree of dysfunction. Every one of us. And before you start trying to debate which ones, uh, you know, what, what items or what troubles might be greater than the next, it's all the same. It's all dysfunction. And we all have it. But what I want to preach about today is this. I want to encourage you to start believing God for a healthy, functional family, not a perfect family. Because you're going to be disappointed if you're looking for perfection in your family. But God will do a miracle in your home and in your family unit if you will open up your heart and allow him to, here's the big word of the day, to redeem your family. Meaning to place it back to its original purpose that it was given to you. This is exactly what happened in the life of Jacob. Jacob ended up having a bunch of boys. His 11th son was named Joseph. And we see dysfunction at its finest. Because now we got a dad, Jacob, that's giving favoritism to his 11th boy named Joseph. There's favoritism here. And, and we see in Scripture that that uh, family, let me tell you what happens in family. You learn that life is not fair when you're a part of a family. Oh, I need a big amen on that. Huh. Let me just tell you. I have one sibling. She's my big sister, but she's like four foot nine. It's just in our blood. Because I'm a, I'm a beast of a man at 5'2". She's six years older than me. She's prettier than me. She's smarter than me. And my parents like her a whole bunch more than me. 
I'm in counseling over this today. And it goes way back to childhood. She's not here to defend herself, so I'm just going to throw her under the bus right now. Somebody send her a link to the sermon. She lives in a third world country. She's on a missions trip over in Allen, Texas. But I remember as a kid, it started out early. We would come home from road trips. And everybody's tired from road trips. And we'd pull in the garage. And my mom and dad would bark out the orders. It's time to clean out the car. Time to bring in the suitcases. But Tanya, no. She gets a pass because she has to go to the restroom every road trip when we come home. I see brothers. They're about to fist fight right now. And you can't argue about the restroom thing. You can't say, no, you don't. She might prove you wrong. You know what I mean? (laughs) Every road trip. But no, it didn't stop there, Sam. It was even at night. My mother would cook a fabulous home-cooked meal. My dad, still to this day, extremely helpful uh, in the house. I grew up with a a dad that, that, boy, he'd say, you know, your mom cooked. Now it's time that me, you, and your sister do the dishes and clean things up. Tanya, nah, what does she got to do? Use the restroom. (laughs) An hour and a half later. (laughs) Favoritism. So this is what happens with Joseph. His dad loves him so much. All the other little boys, they're wearing their, you know, their little second-hand clothes. But Joseph gets a home-made, beautiful coat of many colors. He's a little family pet. He's a favorite. And Joseph, to make things worse, he's so spoiled, he knows he's the favorite. Anybody got a sibling like that? Being the spoiled favorite that he is, he's a tattletale. And he always runs to his dad and he tells his dad all the things that the other boys are doing. And his dad defends him. His dad stands up for him. His dad just protects him. His little buddy, Joseph. Well, this turns into big problems. And for some of you, you're going to relate to this story to some degree. It may not be as as an immense problem as it is with Joseph, but some of you are going to totally relate with this because the whole favoritism thing turned into jealousy. And the older they got, let me give give you a few words here. The older they got, the jealousy turned into discord. It's a big word. Discord. Because now all of a sudden it wasn't cute that Joseph had his own little coat. Now there's a problem in the house. And the discord grew even to make a major problem called hatred. And what God meant to be a healthy family, the whole plan of God was for this family to like prove sin wrong and to prove the the enemy wrong that there can be a healthy family unit flesh got involved and all of a sudden now there's hatred in the home of of God's family and the hatred turned even more serious into division 
So we have discord, hatred, jealousy, and division. It's split right down the middle. And some of you, that, that, that rings a bell. And I'm going to kind of ask you to be sober in your thinking for the next few minutes and really, really connect with me here. Because what I'm talking about is not as superficial and fun as it might seem. Because all families here today, you have a degree of dysfunction that you're not happy with. That you truly, if you had a moment of vulnerability and honesty, there's something about your family that you would love to see changed for good. This is what happened in Jacob and Joseph's life. God redeemed that family. And God took it off of a path that was winding uphill, downhill, and very dangerous, leading to destruction. And God redeemed it and placed it back into the perfect plan of God. My first thing that I need you to hear and hear well today is this. There is hope for your family as well. There is hope. Now, Pastor Tommy, I'm all about this, this message, and I can already tell it's going to be positive and encouraging, but you really don't know my family. There's physical abuse. There's sexual abuse. There's, there's alcoholism. There's drug abuse. There's, there's, there's distrust. Pastor Tommy, I get it. You're, you're trying, to, trying to get through this day about this family thing, but you don't know my family. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear this well and bring this into your spirit. There is hope for your family. Now, the first hurdle that you have to jump is to believe that your family is a candidate of redemption. And if your family's a candidate for redemption, then that means it starts with you. This is what the Bible says. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir, your heirs according to the promise. You qualify. The Brandon family qualifies. The Smiths, the Jones, you qualify. Whatever your family line and heritage is today, and as troubled and as dysfunctional as it is, we don't ignore it. We own it. We accept it. It's not what we truly want it all to be. But we will not settle with that and accept that. We will choose to change our thinking and embrace the truth that if I am redeemed by Christ, number one, I must give my heart to Jesus. He must become Lord and Savior of my life. I cannot be saved and it, and it be an umbrella to save anyone else. It starts with me. I must give my heart to Jesus Christ and now my family becomes a candidate 
we qualify for the love of Jesus to spread itself throughout the entire family. But someone's got to start it. Now, there are families here today that that someone was your great-grandmother. There are families here today that that someone was your father. But there are families here today that are still looking for the one to say it's going to start here. It's going to start now. I'm going to give my life to Jesus and we're going to start this unstoppable family lineage today. And before you go home, in just the next few moments, I'm going to give you that opportunity this afternoon to start the process. But it's got to start with your family. I've been in a, in a I don't know, maybe six, maybe eight weeks of reciting this statement. And I love seeing our students taking notes. And for all of you that are on your smart devices taking notes, you gotta, you got to write this down once more. God will provide the miracle, but you have to partner with God. And I, I know it's every week I'm saying it, but I'm going to just keep saying it. God will do the miraculous. He will provide the miracle of the unstoppable family, even through the, 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 the addictions of alcoholism, even through the mistakes of physical abuse, even through the, 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 the uh, challenges of blended families and divorces. God will do the miracle, but you've got to partner with him. And how do you partner with God? That is, you come under his lordship. And his salvation. Now, once you establish the fact that you qualify to be redeemed as an unstoppable family, here's where we launch, everybody. Just give me a few minutes and we're going to launch deep here. Here we go. First of all, you got to go back to the Word of God. Maybe there's someone here today that you have decided and you've made the choice to try to live your life apart from and outside of the Holy Scriptures of God. I will tell you that that's a tough row to hoe. That's a tough life. Maybe you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, but you're trying to build your family on cultural things. Maybe you're trying to build your family on trends. <laughs> Maybe you're, you're, you're building your family on what's hot on social media. Can I tell you something? Things come and go in this life. But this word, it is sure as the day is long. And if you're going to be an unstoppable family, you cannot build your family's heritage and lineage and future on what's hot right now. You have to build it on something that's sure. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me go a little further here, okay? Everybody stay with me. Everybody focus real quick. Every single family in this room, you're going to run into an intersection one time in your life. And it could be today. It could be this message. You're going to hit a T in the road. And you're going to have to make a choice, left or right. You're going to have to choose this or that. You're going to have to choose what your family is going to be built on. You're going to have to choose if this certain lifestyle is accepted. You're going to have to choose if this certain issue is welcomed. You're going to have to choose, do we live with this? Do we maintain this? Do we, do we accept this? You're going to have to choose. My family is not immune. We, every day, Tommy and Denora Brandon, along with our two girls, we're going to be faced at a T, choosing, is this something that's going to be a part of who we are, or is it not? And I can tell you right now, if you make those critical, crucial family decisions based on what's on the news, based on what's hot on Instagram, it will leave you greatly disappointed. 
But if you will make those critical T intersections, if you'll make those decisions based on the Word of God, it will stand the test of time. There might be a time that it seems like it's not working. There might be, listen to me, just because you give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean your kids are always going to respect you and make good choices. Kids are kids. But I can tell you right now, you instill a belief system in the Word of God. There's coming a time that that Word of God's going to be like a root. It's going to be a seed. It's going to be planted. And it will bring them back around to truth. But if you just choose to, oh, whatever happens with us, we don't, you know, whatever happens, happens. I don't, I don't, I don't need a belief system. We're just going to go with the flow. You're going to go with the flow, all right. Let me go a little further here. Matthew chapter number 7 says it this way, and I'm, I'm going to read this from the message, okay? The message, verse 24. These words, meaning the words of Jesus, the words of truth, these words I speak to you, they're not incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. In other words, they're not just, they're not just good little things to do. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you, everybody, here's the secret. All AO students, listen to me. The Bible says, if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who builds his house on solid rock. Rain will pour down, the rivers will flood, tornadoes will hit, but nothing moves that house. Because it's fixed on the rock. But if you, oh man, this is so good. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, then you're just like a carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. So, there is hope for my family. I'm going to build my house on the Word of God, not the hot topic of the day. And here comes number three for us to consider. If you're going to be an unstoppable family, then you must trust God through the good and the bad. So when things are going really, really good, <laughs> we're going to trust God. But... <laughs> When things are going really bad, the unstoppable family continues in its trust in God. And we can amen that and we can say, that a boy, good preaching, but are we really living it? It was kind of like after this first service, a guy came up to me, so help me, it happened right here. A guy came up to me after the first service and said, boy, you really preached to him today. I said, them? This is for all of us. It's easy to, to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength when things are going good. But you let one 16-year-old go stupid, in which they do. We'll see if you trust in the Lord. I'm, 
bumped into a family one time. I was the, for those that may not know, I was the student pastor here at this church for several years. And I'll never forget one Sunday morning, I was walking through the, the area out here where the coffee is served. And I saw this family that I, I totally loved them to death. And their kid was in my youth group. And I thought everything was cool. And I walked up on them, and the lady's crying, and they got this little huddle going on. They got two or three families going on, and they're all emotional. I'm thinking somebody died. What happened? And I walked up and said, hey, what, what, are you guys okay? And she called out her son's name, which was a part of our youth group. He was in high school. And she called out his name. He did this, and he did that. And I said, oh, it's going to be okay. And she said, no, it's not. I pray that your kids give you the hell he's given me. And for all of those offended by hell, that's what it was. There ain't no sugarcoating it. And I said, I reject that in Jesus' name. Don't put that on me. <laughs> and she said, I'm serious. You need to experience the headache. I'm, I'm like, oh, God, have mercy, Jesus, Denor. What if we don't having kids? What are we thinking? I love me some AO students and some Calvary's kids, but kids are kids. And let me tell you something, it's easy to live for God when everybody's happy at home. And it's going to last that long. Because people are people. If you want to remain dysfunctional, if you want to remain emotional roller coasters, if you want to remain inconsistent as a family, healthy one day, unhealthy the next, then just trust God when things are good. But if you want to be an unstoppable family, then you're going to have to trust God when things don't make sense and when life's not fair and when your job cuts you back in hours and, and when, there's, when there's sickness in your home that you can't explain. Then you're going to have to trust God when, when political environments split a family over dinner. You're going to have to trust God when the economy goes south and you're picking up your third job. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help somebody get, 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 get inundated with this belief system that you're going to be an unstoppable family. And one of the big hurdles is you're going to have to trust him when things aren't really going good. Because I can tell you right now, none of us are immune from the challenges called life. I told someone recently that this thing, this thing called Christianity, guess what it starts with? It starts with faith. It ends with faith, and it requires greater faith all the way in between. Everyone say trust. That's what you're going to have to do. You're not going to trust in money. That's going to fail you. You can't trust in people. They'll break you down and hurt you. You can't trust in anything that this world has. you got to trust in God when you're on the mountain and when you're in the valley. Unstoppable families know that they qualify to be unstoppable because of what Jesus did on the cross. Unstoppable families trust God in the good and in the bad. And unstoppable families believe God for his best. They believe God for his best. Just because you may not be living the lifestyle and the, and the, uh, and the health status that you feel is God's best does not mean that you accept that that just means that you have something to believe God for that's greater. 
Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Before I pray over you today, I, I, I deposit this into your thinking, into your spirit. You ready for it? Be a family that lives by faith. Be a family that lives by faith. Believe God for his best. I got a hold of a little pamphlet. It's, I don't know, maybe 20 pages, about the size of an index card several years ago. And it was called The Power of a Blessing. And it got a hold of me so much that now whenever I'm praying over my children, I don't just pray for them, but I bless them. And I bless them by words of faith over them. I bless them. I bless them. And right now, I want you to just receive that into your heart. I bless you. I bless you. That by faith, you will experience God's absolute best. That your family will be healthy and functional and prosperous in Jesus. My final point today is this before we go home. If you're going to be an unstoppable family, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to instill. You're going to have to bring up. You're going to have to impart. That's a good word. It's not in your notes. I use the word instill. But you're going to have to impart a sense of purpose and calling in your family. Psalms 145 and 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Moms and dads, your students at home need to hear more about the goodness of God than how evil the world is. Your family needs to chew on and discuss and have conversations about the goodness of God more than the problems you're walking through. Can I minister to somebody today, to all of our blended homes, to our divorced moms and dads? I just want just to encourage you in this regard. Take the opportunities to talk about the goodness of God and not the broken heart. Without question, life has brought you pain. Life has brought you disappointment. I get it. We all get it. Because your family is no different than anyone else's. We've all been there. What makes the unstoppable family different is we choose to speak words of blessing and words of life. Why? Because our words create our world. And when you start speaking well, and speak life and speak blessing instead of spending all of your verbal currency and energy on what, what went wrong and who did this and that. I will tell you there's a harvest waiting for you, a bountiful harvest if you'll be someone that sows the seed of verbal blessing and words of faith and hope and love kindness and understanding and compassion those words will bring forth a harvest and you'll be a family that's unstoppable 
for the kingdom of God. I typically have you stand about now, but I just want you to stay right where you are. I want you to close your Bible. I want you to turn your phone off. And I'm out of my time. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to grace me with a few more minutes. I want to do this for you today. Why don't you just bow your head right where you're seated. I'll, I'll have you stand here in just a moment. Just bow your heads. And, and for those that might be here and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to begin to have an open heart. Because just in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to discuss that. But right now on the heels of this message, for every mom and dad and every grandparent, every son and daughter, every grandson and daughter, every blended home, every divorced home, Everyone in this room, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, female, everyone in this room qualifies for what I'm about to say. If you desire, if you truly have a desire in your heart for supernatural redemption of your family, you desire God to do a miracle in your home, I want you to lift your hand because I'm going to pray for you specifically. Countless hands are up right now. I pray this over you and, and then we'll come to a conclusion. Dear Lord Jesus, with every hand that's lifted, there are kids here that have their hands up. There's moms and dads. There's even grandparents that have their hands up. These are sincere men and women and students that sincerely, respond to your word right now I pray for their tender heart to be elevated to a heart of faith right now they recognize they have a need but Lord the need does not move you it's their faith that's going to move you so we recognize the need but now by faith we believe and we are even expecting receiving your great redemptive work heal every marriage in this room heal every relationship with students and parents every divided home that's probably that, may, that might even be out of state out of state relationships that are not healthy bring brothers and sisters aunts and uncles, cousins bring it all back into unity Bring it all back into health. Let forgiveness be offered where there needs to be forgiveness. And let reception of forgiveness, let it be received. Let us move past the past. Not ignoring it, but just choosing to put it in the rearview mirror. Let hurts and pains of family issues we choose to take them out of our hands of care and we place them into the hands of you, Jesus. Heal our homes, heal our families and bring us into the best school year that we've ever dreamed of having. We ask you to minimize the chaos, 
minimize the drama as we just move into our future. Let it be the blessing of heaven on our homes. Now remaining with your eyes closed and head bowed, this is the most important thing I can do today. If you're here in this room just sitting right where you are and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and there's something something happening right now that you just think, you know, I've, I don't really fully understand but I just choose to believe that this preacher's telling me the truth that Jesus cares about me and Jesus loves me and Jesus is my way into salvation. I'm just going to choose to believe that and I want to give my heart to Jesus today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand quickly. I want to pray for you. All over the room. I see you right there. Oh, wow. I see you guys in the back. That's beautiful as a family. Come on, lift them up. I want to see them. I want to pray for you. This is the most critical decision of your life. For those that have their hands lifted up, this, this is a prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you now to do what's most important in your life. I'm going to ask you to start confessing this with me. I'm going to lead you, but I need you to partner with me as we go before the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I don't fully understand how you're going to do it, God, but I know that I need more than what there is in this life. I need you as a Savior. I repent of my sins. I repent of anything that's been contrary to your plan for my life, and I give you full control. I ask you to take control over my future as I give you my past. Take control over my future. Save me today in Jesus' name. All over this house, can we clap our hands to the Lord? Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Real quick today, I want to welcome home to Texas my friend Justin, Andrews, and Nancy. Congratulations on your marriage, your family. I got to go all the way out to the west coast where things are just a little different and I was able to perform a beautiful ceremony for Justin and Nancy and we just welcome you into this house Nancy and your special boys Nate and Alex you guys are awesome I love you and I'm told I've got a friend of mine here today I'm looking for her where's my friend Michelle Michelle are you still here maybe there she well she's here somewhere what's up I can't see you I've got friends here today. I just bless all of you. If this is your first time here and I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, I just want to do this. I don't do this every Sunday. I'm just going to camp out right here for a few minutes. And I'd love to meet you and welcome you to Calvary Church. All of you are special to us and we love you. Have a great school year, everybody. Let's go in with a bang. It starts tomorrow in Burleson. Let's go in. Let's let our light shine. Let's be salt and light. God bless you.